on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Thursday evening to you. We come your way a little bit earlier than we normally do. Generally, uh, 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock on Thursday nights. However, this evening, uh, we have the January 6th congressional hearings that are going to get going at 7 o'clock. So we've been bumped up a couple hours, second time in like the last month that we've gotten this prime 6 o'clock slot. And here we are to talk all things Brewers baseball for the next hour or so. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855 1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. The Brewers did not honor our special placement in this 6 o'clock time slot with a good performance today for us to talk about. They end up uh, losing to Philadelphia by an 8-3 score. This homestand was, it's tough to find much rougher homestands than this. They win one game the entire homestand, and if we're being very blunt and honest about it, they didn't have much business winning the one game that they did end up winning. Now, we can also say the Phillies didn't have much business uh, winning the game when they hit the two home runs against Joss Hader. So everything always kind of evens out in baseball. But, yeah, that first game uh, this past Thursday, when a uh, week ago today, when they beat the Padres in the series opener, scoring those runs uh, in the ninth inning, get the walk-off win, that's their only win. And uh, Right now they're really struggling. You look at what they've done over the course of their last nine games. During that period, they are one and eight. They have a two oh two batting average. That is worst in the National League. Second worst in that period is the Arizona Diamondbacks at two eleven. So two oh two. Uh they have scored just 24 runs over that period. Uh, when you shorten it up even more, the, the batting average drops below 200 when you're looking at their last seven, last eight games. They're just in a bad spot right now. They're just in a really bad spot right now, and they're trying to figure it out. Is this the team that they're going to be this year? No. Like, they're a much better team than the way they are playing at the moment. And I said this last night on Brewers Extra Innings, and I think it's a really important thing to say. Like, we can sit here and discuss how poorly the team is playing at the current time, and that is 100% valid. But to take that next step and say, this is who they are, and this is who they're going to be, and uh, I, think, I think that's incorrect, I think it's wrong, and it was just a few weeks ago that from a statistical standpoint, this was one of the best teams in all of baseball. It's a 162-game season, and there's ebbs and flows, and I think a couple things have really gone against this team over the last few weeks. Injuries, obviously, now they have started to get healthier and healthier, and that's good to see for them, but the schedule has just been a bear. I have never seen three three three-city trips uh, in succession and even if you go back beyond that, before those three three-city trips, their trip before that was the two-city trip where they had a scheduled off day in there, but then that off day became a single home game against San Francisco, so they literally came home for one day. Coming home for one day, traveling home, and then leaving the next day, that's the same as like a third city on a three-city road trip. So they, 
they got to get through this. They're about to go on another three-city trip. Lord knows what's going to happen during this next uh, week and a half or so. But once the schedule kind of normalizes, I think that's going to be an opportunity for this team to get going. So uh, here's what we've got going, uh, going on the program tonight. Uh, we'll hear some of the comments from uh, Manager Craig Council later on in the program. We'll dive into this offense and why they're struggling. We'll try to put a positive spin on some things. They're getting some players back. That's good. Uh, We're going to step aside from the Brewers, though, for just a moment. One of the big stories in baseball that I find very interesting, this has been going on for a while. Umpire Angel Hernandez had filed a suit against Major League Baseball uh, alleging racial discrimination and some more details about that suit as it moves forward uh, coming out over the last couple of days. Daniel Kaplan, who covers sports business for The Athletic, he's going to join us in just a moment or so, and uh, we're going to get the latest on this uh, Angel Hernandez thing because it is uh, it is something, to say the least, uh, the allegations that Hernandez has against Major League Baseball. Again, if you want to join us to talk Brewers, you can do so. 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Daniel Kaplan joins us in just a couple minutes. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. If you go back to 2017, Major League Baseball umpire Angel Hernandez uh, filed a suit against uh, Major League Baseball claiming racial discrimination is why he wasn't a crew chief, why he wasn't getting World Series appearances. Uh, that made its way through the court system. It was eventually thrown out by a lower court. Now uh, he's trying to get it brought back in as he's gone into the Court of Appeals. And there was a little tidbit that came in in the latest filing that's very interesting. And uh, somebody who wrote about that recently covers sports business for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Kaplan Sports Biz. And I always uh, encourage people people to uh, subscribe to The Athletic. There's no better uh, place that has a great group of uh, sports journalists than you'll find uh, with The Athletic. We welcome uh, Daniel Kaplan onto the program right now. Daniel, thanks so much for taking uh, some time with us this evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So this, the most, uh, the allegation that is in this filing with the uh, Second uh, Circuit Court of Appeals essentially says that he believes Major League Baseball was uh, kind of futzing with the results of how they grade out umpires to make minority umpires look worse. Is there is there anything to this, seemingly? Well, the the way Major League Baseball, at least during the time period of the lawsuit, which was two, the, the lawsuit covered, which is 2011 to 2016, uh, they would review uh, umpires uh, periodically during the season and then they would have an end-of-season review. And his allegation is he he, test, he was re- reviewed very positively during those in-season reviews, but during the, at the end-of-season review, suddenly his review was, was negative, was often negative. Um, and, he, 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 and he has a line in the filing of the Second Circuit uh, that I reported on that it wasn't just him, but minority umpires in general uh, had this happen to them. Now, you asked, is, is there anything to this? Not, without seeing the reports themselves, it's hard to say. And the reports themselves are under a protective order that was issued by the lower court judge. Uh, the, the lawyer for Hernandez has wanted to give me the reports, has wanted to talk to me about the reports, but he says he can't because he's under a protective order. Will, as this goes forward, does that protective order get lifted where another judge is able to see this information? 
Um, probably not, because the Second Circuit is going to be ruling whether the case should have been dismissed or not. They're not, not going to be ruling whether there should be a protective order or not. It seems like, and again, I know there's the protective order, so you can't see all the data, but there's not many things in this world that are, are pretty cut and dry. It feels like if he was getting good reports during the year and then all of a sudden it changed at the end, there would be documentation that would back that up. Like this, To me, once you get all the data, it feels like this would be a really easy thing to assess whether or not there's truth to that or not. Am I looking at this from a too simplistic point of view? Well, I mean, that's how his lawyers look at it. Uh, Baseball, you know, they during the discovery phase of the trial, it, it, it sort of came out that baseball's you know, standards for who they would promote or who would get World Series assignment, it, was, it wasn't all object, objective. It was there's a lot of subjectivity to it. Um, and you know, Joe Torre, who was who oversaw umpires during this time, said in a deposition that uh, Hernandez did not. Uh, did not demonstrate leadership qualities, which wouldn't necessarily show up in a balls and strikes uh, accounting or you know how many uh, how many blown calls one had. Uh, so uh, that is something that the the the, the case is trying to, has been trying to establish, which is more objective standards for Major League Baseball in terms of who they promote in umpire for umpiring. Okay, I know it's not your job to evaluate umpires. I don't think Angel Hernandez is a very good umpire. Like when I first heard about this lawsuit years ago, I kind of laughed it off because I said this is a guy who continually shows that he's just not a very good umpire. But the way Major League Baseball evaluates umpires, there would be data that would go against what I'm saying. In some ways, yeah, the uh, the way right now I know the way that they evaluate umpires. Uh, if a strike is within two inches of the strike zone, essentially the umpire gets credit for getting that call right, even though two inches can be a, a really bad call. Does Major League Baseball, are they partially to blame for all this because they've been grading out umpires in such a liberal way where somebody who seems like not a very good umpire like Angel Hernandez can actually show data that in a way shows that he actually is? Uh, not, not, not having access to the the reports and uh, the methodologies. It's it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to say. I mean, some of the reports Angel Hernandez is saying he he was graded well, and and the 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 pivotal pivotal end of season reports he's saying he was graded in, in some instances poorly, uh, which contradicted the in season reports. Uh, but uh, I mean, clearly he 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 has an issue with how Major League Baseball grades umpires. One of the clear things in this, and before dismissing, a court did admit Major League Baseball had a minority problem. It does feel like they're trying to do some things to rectify that in terms of uh, minority umpires getting some better assignments. Look, for all the heat that Angel Hernandez takes, and, uh, you know, I, I'm a baseball fan. I, I, I get it. He He's blown a lot of calls. He's, he can be confrontational. Uh, the fact is, when he filed the lawsuit in 2017, in the previous 150 years of, major, of baseball, there had been one minority crew chief, Richie Garcia. Uh, there's been two since that time uh, promoted in 2020. But it is, a, it is an appallingly small uh, number of minorities that have been promoted to crew chief in Major League Baseball. 
Daniel Kaplan, sports business reporter with The Athletic, continuing to join us. And, again, encourage everybody to subscribe to The Athletic and read uh, the entire story and everything uh, Daniel put out because there's a lot of stuff in there that we're not going to get into in this conversation. When you have spoken with his lawyer, has there been any discussions about what it's like for Angel Hernandez over the last few years continuing to be employed by Major League Baseball while having a, a suit against his employer. Like at times, that has to be a very uncomfortable situation for him. It's not an unprecedented situation in in, in any in business. So, and if they, I mean, obviously, if they took any actions that were would be perceived as retaliatory, uh, you you can rest assured his lawyer would make it make literally make a federal case out of it. Hmm. So where does this go from here? Like how th- this has obviously been going on since 2017. One court has thrown it out. Now another court has to decide whether or not that court made the right decision. I, what's the next step in this? Major League Baseball. Uh, they just filed today. Uh, it just was filed in the court today that their response uh, to the appeal appeals uh, motion by Hernandez is due August 31st. Uh, at that point, the once that is in. The court can decide whether to schedule an oral hearing or make a decision just based on the, the filed papers. Uh, likely they'll have a, a court hearing. So it's probably not till the end of the year to early next year we'll, we'll get a decision here. Do you have a gut feeling if this is going to move forward or not? You know, we haven't talked about the actual legal argument that Hernandez makes, um, and it seemed to be is an interesting one. The, the, ju- the judge in the lower court basically said there weren't enough minority umpires to make a statistical inference of discrimination. In these in these legal cases uh, alleging discrimination, the statistical evidence is is very important because there was only one minority umpire promoted to to, to uh, crew chief. There just simply wasn't enough math to be done to, to draw statistical inference. And so the judge ruled because of that, there, there's no case. Um, so Hernandez's lawyer, I mean, Hernandez is arguing that's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's rewarding Major League Baseball for its alleged discrimination. So um, the, the, the lawyer has equated it to someone killing their parents and then pleading with the court to give them mercy because they're an orphan. So... Um, that, that, that's, that's the joke he likes to tell me. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the Second Circuit deals with that. Well, from a, if we're going to use a baseball term, essentially it gets thrown out for small sample size, which is, uh, which is crazy, right? That, that, is, that is right. It's a minuscule sample size is yeah. the judge's point. And, uh, in fact, he, in his decision, he actually said if there had been more minority umpires and crew chiefs, there might have been a better case here, which... That does did seem a little weird. Yeah, absolutely. I'm no uh, legal expert, but it does seem a little bit odd. Uh, he is Daniel Kaplan. He covers sports business for The Athletic, does a fantastic job with it. Uh, read him in The Athletic. Subscribe to The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Kaplan Sports Biz, Biz, B-I-Z. Daniel, thank you so much for your time and your insight on this. I really do appreciate it. All right, thank you. Good luck to the Brewers tonight. Thank you very much. There's Daniel Kaplan joining us here uh, on the program, and we appreciate uh, him taking a, a couple moments with us. It's a look. I'm not an Angel Hernandez fan. I am not an Angel Hernandez fan. I think he is a a horrific umpire. But if if he was getting reports that said one thing during the year, and then the end of season reports said something completely different, 
okay, I understand where the lawsuit's coming from. Like that, that would be very weird. Any of us in our jobs, right? Like if I, I've got a boss. And I, and I talk to him all the time. If I continually talk to my boss, ah, you do a great job, you're doing this right, you're doing this right, everything's great. And then I get to my year in review, and it's like, yeah, you haven't done anything right this year. Like, what, what just happened? We, you didn't tell me any of this over the last 12 months, and now it's year in review time, and all of a sudden I'm not good at my job. I think if any of us dealt with that uh, in, our, in our non-sports lives, we would go, what's going on? So Angel Hernandez, if, if what he is saying is true, and we don't know, and the fact that some of that data is under lock and key, uh, that makes it a little bit interesting. All right, we're late for a break. We'll take a break and uh, come back with more in uh, just a moment. We'll get back into the Brewers, who are very much struggling at the moment. This is Brewers Weekly. Tough day for the Brewers. They lose to the Phillies 8-3, get swept in that three-game series by a team that just recently uh, fired their manager. I want to hear uh, your thoughts on where the team is at right now, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line or tweet at me, at Matt Pauly on air. Uh, one other thing happening in baseball. This is a really weird thing today. Tony LaRusa, manager of the White Sox, did one of the weirdest things you are ever, ever, ever going to see a manager do. And it's not the first time we've said that about Tony LaRusa. Uh, the White Sox and the Dodgers are playing. They get a 1-2 count on Trey Turner and then intentionally walk him. They, they throw three pitches to him. 1-2 count. They got him one strike away from being out. They intentionally walk Trey Turner on a 1-2 count. I've never seen that. And then Max Muncy comes up and hits a three-run home run. Uh, and then LaRusse is asked about it in postgame. And he says that it was absolutely an easy decision to walk the guy on one. Alex Crow is about to join us for news. Alex, you're a baseball guy. Have you ever seen that before? Uh a one-two count in the intentional walk? I've never seen it before, but i got to say, if any manager were going to do it, it's not super surprising that it's Tony LaRusse, right? Yeah, no, it's just it's the fact that he went all in on it in postgame. And I don't I did not see if White Sox media asked him like, well, if you're going to walk him on a 1-2 count, why don't you just walk him before you even threw a few pitches? So that was that's our weirdness in baseball for today. So if you like look at your watch real quick and go Brewers Weekly, it's 6.37 right now. Why Why is Brewers Weekly on? Well, there's a good answer for that. The uh, January 6th congressional hearings are taking place this evening, and we have full coverage beginning at uh, 7 o'clock. So we uh, bumped up Brewers Weekly by a couple hours. So that's going to be coming up as soon as I get done here in about 22 minutes here on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers lose today, and they get swept by the Phillies. They lose today by an 8-3 score. So where does what they're doing right now kind of rank in terms of tough moments over the last couple years? Well, the Brewers suffer their second series sweep of the year, um, technically, but the other one was a single game against the Giants. So technically, but not really. It's really their first. Uh, Their current six-game losing streak is, It is their longest since they lost six in a row from May 2nd to May 7th 
of last year. So even remember how much they struggled over the final month of the season last year? They did not lose uh, six in a row. It is the first six-game home losing streak since uh, late August of 2016. So it has been a while since they have uh, since they've done this. It's just not not great. They are still in first place. In fact, Doug texting in says the best news is St. Louis getting swept. So at least they're still in first and going to play a weak team in Washington. If they can get something going, uh, if they can't get something going against this team, it is very concerning. I, I keep saying this: the Brewers are not playing good baseball. They are not playing good baseball right now for me and this sounds like an excuse maybe it is an excuse and you can you know when when they're going well when things are going well and maybe they're playing teams that are not great on the schedule i always say well you can you can only play who's on the schedule you can only play out the schedule that's been given your way and maybe i should be the saying the same thing about this but you look at what they have been through in terms of this schedule not so much about the teams they've played a little bit the teams they've played have been better recently but you go back to late April. Remember that three-game series they played against the Phillies that ended with the uh, Sunday night game? They took two of three in that series. But if you go back and look at what the schedule, the, the grueling nature of the schedule since then, in many ways it is understandable that they are struggling the way they are right now when you put the, the, the schedule along with the injuries. Going back to April 22nd, that's when they played series against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh on the road with a single one-off game at home against San Francisco right in the middle of it. So they're in Philadelphia. They then fly back to Milwaukee for one game against San Francisco and then travel back to Pittsburgh. So while that might not technically be a three-city road trip, in practice that's a three-city road trip. When you come home, the good things about being home is uh, you get to spend some time. You're in, you, there's just there's some ease to it. If you're spending one day at home, you're not really at home. You don't get the benefits of being at home. So for this argument that I'm making right now, we're going to call that a three city trip because they took all they took the same amount of plane rides as you would for a three city trip. It just so happened that one of those was a single one off game uh, at home against San Francisco. Then they are legitimately back home for two series uh, against the Cubs and the Reds. Then they go on another three-city road trip through Atlanta, then to Cincinnati, then to Miami. Not that it really matters that much when you're flying in the air, but that order doesn't make a whole lot of sense, going Atlanta, Cincinnati to Miami. You would have thought that Atlanta and Miami would butt up against each other, either starting or ending that trip in Cincinnati, just in terms of shorter airline. But we're talking an extra hour on a plane, not the end of the world. Then they're back home for a couple series against Atlanta and Washington. Then back on the road again, San Diego, St. Louis, in Chicago, back home for this uh, homestand, the four against San Diego, the four against Philadelphia, and now back on the road again for three more cities, Washington, New York, and Cincinnati. So we've been calling it three consecutive three-city trips. In many ways, it's four consecutive because of what happened in that first trip that I mentioned. That is hard on you. And I know they're flying on nice planes and they're staying in nice hotels and all that. Like I'm not trying. And they're they're playing baseball. Like it's I understand. Like people who are out there doing construction might be listening to me going, okay, so. But they're still human beings, and there's still a, a toll that goes along with traveling as much as they are. And I've just I've never I've never seen anything like this in a major league schedule. And I don't think it's a complete coincidence 
that some of these injuries have been happening as they're in the middle of all this. The bodies are not being given as much time and much opportunity to recover the way they normally would recover. A text message from the 414. No matter how healthy a man is, there are limits to his energy stores. The Brewers' schedule borders on inhumane. I don't know if I would take it to inhumane, but the point, uh, the general point there, I absolutely agree with. This, there is a competitive disadvantage that the Brewers have been handed since April 22nd. It is going to get much better. They, you play all these games on the road. Clearly, you make that up with a lot of games at home, and that's going to start happening here, especially as we get into uh, late June. And before all this, they had a very, very good record at home. Obviously, this uh, this last homestand did not go as well as they would have liked it to go. But and even even so, I mean, their their record at home, considering where they're at, it's it's fine. So just give it some time. They're going to get healthy. They're going to get into a normal schedule, and at that point, I think it's going to be a lot more fair to start evaluating really who this team is because we can't evaluate right now. What they're dealing with right now, just not really fair to evaluate them here at the moment. Manager Craig Council had some thoughts about the game and the state of the team right now. We'll hear those coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers are in a tough spot right now. They've lost six straight games. They get swept by the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies had been struggling so much that they just recently fired their manager and Joe Girardi. Although, if we're being fair about it, they, man- they fired Girardi because they're on paper a really good team and they should be playing better uh, than they are. And the other thing is, if you if you watched if you've watch any sport. It doesn't have to be baseball. If there's a managerial change, if there's a coaching change in football or, or basketball, hockey, it doesn't matter. There's generally a bump immediately following that change. Uh, and then eventually teams kind of regress back to the mean and become who they were. So that's one of the things. Anytime you see a, a team fire their coach or fire their manager, I don't want to be the team that's going to be playing them over the next couple weeks because uh, very often that tends to be uh, maybe the best period of uh, play that they have before they start to kind of go back to who they were. But the Brewers do lose today to the Phillies by an 8-3 score. Magic Craig Council uh, met with the media after the game. and uh, Just the overall struggles of this team right now and what's going on for Council, he said, really it's just kind of a part of a baseball season. It's certainly not fun. Um, you know, we, we just can't get anything going, unfortunately. And um, but this this is a baseball season. You know, um, you know where you get you get kind of knocked down, and you got to grind through it and 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 keep going. Um, things don't go your way. You know, you just got to keep going through it. Um, the, the season doesn't stop for us, and um, you know, I'm confident we'll come out and play a good series this weekend. It was kind of a weird day for Corbin Burns because he was pitching mostly effectively. He only gives up one earned run, three runs total, one earned run, but he also makes it just four and a third innings. He walks four. His pitch count uh, really got up there as Burns ends up throwing 113 pitches in his four and a third innings. When uh, Council was asked about it, basically uh, did kind of reiterate the fact that, uh, yeah, Burns was effective, but the pitch count got him. Corbin didn't get hit today. Uh, there, there was nothing. It wasn't about the contact that was made or the pitches in the middle of the plate. It was lots of pitches right on the edge that just didn't get really, really good quality pitches that 
maybe a couple miss you know some miss just missed really um and and so we just we ended up with two starters that uh, unfortunately ran up pitch counts yeah, the same thing happened with Zach Eflin, who goes just four innings. So when that's going on, you, you certainly do look at maybe uh, the umpiring and what's going on and the balls and strikes. And there's If both pitchers are, are pretty good pitchers and neither of them can make it out of the fifth inning and each of them have uh, a pitch count that's way, way high, then you try to figure out, okay, what led to this. On the positive side for the Brewers, it was not all negative. Uh, they lose. That's the thing that really matters. But the Brewers do out-hit the Phillies today, 11-9. So 11 hits, that's a solid hit total. It was good to see that, a team that has struggled as much as they have recently from a hitting standpoint. Good to see them get the 11 hits. Also good to see both Willie Adamas and uh, Hunter Renfro come through. Adamas hits a home run, his 10th of the year. Renfro hits a home run, also his 10th of the year. Those two guys have been uh, sorely missed, and they're both able to uh, go out and uh, have a pretty good day hitting home runs. And uh, council was obviously uh, pleased with their performances. Oh, Willie had a good day. I mean, I think it's a day like that where you you see a ton of pitches that kind of get you back into it. Um, you know, I thought you know, Hunter took obviously a really good swing and was, was kind of three days in now back into it. So good sign for those guys. Thirty-seven total pitches seen by Willie Adamas. Thirty-seven pitches uh, in one day. That does not happen very often. So that's exactly what you want. When you've been injured, when you've been missing games, even he went on his rehab assignment, and then there were still a few more days before he uh, eventually was activated. So you want to see as many pitches as possible. So that's another positive coming out of this game. Uh, one other note, though, coming out of uh, the post game with uh, Craig Council, Brandon Woodruff uh, throwing a bullpen session as he continues to try to come back from that ankle issue. However... More bad news potentially on Woodruff. He's dealing with uh, a syndrome that is a circulation issue that is impacting his ability to grip the baseball, which is not great. So we don't. It, that's the thing about this team right now. It feels like you're, you're taking three steps forward, two steps back, and then one step forward and two steps back. It's a it's a slow trudge forward. Uh, Omar Nervaez was back in the dugout today. He has cleared COVID protocols. Uh, he's back with the team. He's going to travel to Washington. Not clear if he's going to be active uh, prior to the game tomorrow. We will preview this series against the Nationals and uh, get you set for uh, the January 6th congressional hearings. Our coverage of that will begin at 7 o'clock. One more break. We'll come back in a moment. This is Brewers Weekly. Just a few minutes left in this edition of the program. Early today, 6 to 7, as opposed to our normal 8 to 9 o'clock slot. That's because the January 6th congressional hearings are beginning at 7 o'clock. That's about three and a half minutes from right now. So we will have uh, coverage, and those are it's expected to go till about 9 o'clock this evening. Uh, so uh, with uh, no Brewers game tonight, Brewers playing a day game today, we're able to bring those at your way, and they will start in just a few minutes here on WTMJ. If you listen to Brewers Extra Innings, very often. You've probably heard me make reference to uh, Doug Kern, who is a baseball historian on Twitter, at DAKern74. He finds, he calls them colonels because his last name is Kern, which is good. He finds little nuggets of information from uh, every baseball game that's played, and I love it, and he always links the baseball reference box score to games, uh, so it's fun to click on those sometimes and just go back and remember games. So Corbin Burns today for the Brewers. Uh, He goes four and a third, 
three runs, one earned, three hits, eight strikeouts, and four walks. He becomes just the second pitcher in Brewers history to allow one earned run, strike out eight, but also issue four walks, throw a wild pitch, and lose. The only other pitcher to do that in Brewers history, it was Hideo Nomo back in July of 1999. Uh, That was a game that the Brewers played in Philadelphia. So they also played the Phillies that day, and the Brewers ended up losing that game by a 1-0 score when Nomo went six, allowing just one run on four hits with nine strikeouts and uh, and four walks. Uh, As far as the strikeouts go, though, for Burns, Most strikeouts in their first 12 appearances of a season in Brewers history. This year's Corbin Burns continuing to uh, set records. uh, Or actually, uh, it was last year's Corbin Burns that has the the record at 108 through the first 12. But he's now at 92 through his first 12 uh, this year, uh, which uh, is tied with 2021 Freddie Peralta and 2021 Brandon Woodruff for second all-time in club history. Brewers headed to Washington for a three-game series that will begin tomorrow. Aaron Ashby will make the start in the series opener. He'll be opposed by Eric Fetty, Eric Lauer, and Jason Alexander, the other starting pitchers uh, during the course of the series. Tomorrow's game, 6.05. That means coverage will begin at 5.30. A 3.05 first pitch on Saturday, 12.05 first pitch on Sunday. Uh, We'll have Brewers extra innings after all three games. Look forward to talking to you then. Up next, the January 6th congressional hearings here on WTMJ.